Hi, I'm David Pogue. Welcome to the RV Navigator Podcast, your digital home for the RVing lifestyle. Visit the RV Navigator homepage at rvnavigator.com for additional information about each episode. And now, here are your hosts, Ken and Martha, podcasting from their mobile studio that might be parked in a campground near you. Here's the party. We're at the Thanksgiving celebration. Would you mind passing the butter? Oh, yes, of course, madame. The butter and the wine will be coming by very shortly. <gasps> Wait! It's the RV Navigators. They're, they're, they're joining us for Thanksgiving. Can you Welcome imagine? one and all. Welcome one and all to the fabulous RV Navigator Thanksgiving celebration. Oh... Where did all these people come from? We haven't been with these this many people since last spring. And we're not. This is fake. Oh. Is this like an April Fool's broadcast? <laughs> kind of. This is Thanksgiving with the RV Navigators, and we are very happy to have you join us. Uh, we are Because nobody else will be. <laughs> we are here just a bit early, uh, recording literally on Thanksgiving Day. Because we are on our own. Usually we spend New Year's Eve with you, but yes, I have a feeling and we will this year. that we'll probably be spending <laughs> Christmas with you as well. Because we are socially distancing, as oh. hopefully most of you are as well, in an effort to stay healthy until the vaccine is available to all of us. And we can truly be thankful. Yes, and the, as the party fades away... You realize that we are sitting here uh, in our motorhome in Florida. We did make it down here. We did make it down here safely. Uh, we took a week or so to uh, make the trip, and it was actually quite an interesting trip. As you know, we're from Illinois, and usually we just kind of blow through Illinois <laughs> as fast as possible. Because well, it's cold. <laughs> outside of the Chicago area, we don't find our state particularly interesting. <laughs> But we had heard that as you get further south, the cornfields and the flatness disappear to a degree. And so we thought we'd give an Army Corps of Engineers campground in Wren Lake uh, a try. And it was a beautiful place to camp, as Army Corps of Engineers spots yes, always are. are. COE start sites. And even though it was November and we had already had a bit of snow at Halloween, the weather during the time we were there was spectacular. And so we just stopped for a while. That's the beauty of the RVing life. Low humidity, warm temperatures, a beautiful fall foliage, a beautiful lake. We don't fish, but that's what most people were doing. So the campground was almost full, even in uh, the, at this late season. And as we came further south, we had a little trouble finding a place to camp north of Atlanta. Um, sometimes it is perplexing to me, uh, and I understand the idea behind it, because campgrounds more and more are relying on seasonals. And so you can pull into a campground that looks quite full, but really nobody's there because everybody has left their rig there. And um, we ran into a little bit of that, but of course you can always find some place to stay, and we did. 
And then we stop on our last night of our trip <laughs> at Carol's Meat Market and Sausage mm, Store. Which we stopped at several times. Uh, which is right off of 75, not too far north of the Florida-Georgia border. It's the kind of campground that's great for an overnight stop because it's absolutely flat. It has full utilities. There are no trees to hit. And for your camping fee, you get a coupon to buy some meat. Um <laughs> It was a bit of a shock to me when I went in there to pay because our summer experience in Illinois has been that every time we've done any any sort of shopping or encountering of more people, everybody is wearing a mask. And when I walked into the meat store, it was huge. It's like the size of a Walmart. Uh, I was the only one in there wearing a mask, and I felt like everybody kind of looked at me like Mm. I was a weirdo. Things are different in different states, as we read, and I hope that everybody's doing everything they can on this holiday to still be alive when we get to our next one because it appears to me that the only way to be safe is to stay apart from others and how hard that is to do month after month after month. And now we are here uh, socially isolating from our families, which are up north still, but they're uh, being fairly isolated also. No, I have a family member an hour from here down oh, in Florida right. who yeah. invited us to join her in-law family. Uh, and On my that, side, anyway. And that just didn't feel safe to me either. No. So here we are with our little one-pound turkey breast. <laughs> Are you going to have a tough time cooking in our motorhome? I can nuke it in 10 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -mm. That will be very good. Thanksgiving used to be my holiday uh, from our youngest days of marriage. Um, I took that over fairly quickly because I could tell that our moms were getting tired of all the work. And I was still young and strong in those days. And I remember the week before... Uh, starting to cook and freeze and plan and shop and it was a lot of work in a way I'm now that I'm old it's good not to have to do that anymore but I do miss it that to me was the holiday and the fact that we're looking out the window at blue sky and 83 degrees also makes it kind of hard to believe that it's really Thanksgiving and it looks like we're going to be here for an extended period of time Uh, we anticipated being here through April but our cruise in April has been cancelled already as of course most cruises have Uh, there's nobody cruising at the moment and it doesn't look like you'll be cruising uh, in the first half of 2021 but uh, that means that we will probably be staying here a little bit beyond April because where else are we going to go? As we speak to you, we still have two more cruises on the books. The (laughs) cruise we were cruising to in Europe and a subsequent one that we booked because we had a deposit we had to roll over and put it somewhere. It's most likely not going to happen either. I try not to think about it. I'm a planner, and planning these days just doesn't pan out. So you have to live for the moment, and that's what we're trying to do. So we are going to take a couple of short trips here from Florida. And we feel Within Florida. Within Florida. We feel quite safe in our motorhome. Uh, it's our bubble, and we can take our bubble wherever we feel like going. And there are some nice parks here. We're going to a COE park next week on Lake Okeechobee. <laughs> A uh, place we've never been, and we will see what exciting sights there are on the largest lake in Florida. If you look at a map of Florida, you'll see a large lake in the middle, and we're going to check it out. We don't know much about Lake Okeechobee, and uh, we'll be going down to the Everglades later on in January. But these are short trips and uh, just kind of little getaways from this uh, our park here in Titusville. We have enjoyed... We did watch the manned launch. 
It's kind of like a constant entertainment here. The man launch in particular was a little bit scary in that it attracted a lot of people. And again, we are trying to avoid people. Uh, we read that if it had <laughs> it had occurred on the Saturday that it was originally scheduled, that there would be 250,000 people in our, little in, in our town. immediate area. So we decided to watch the launch from the golf course at our resort <laughs> and joined about 100 other golf carts. Uh, <laughs> Also socially distancing, distancing and, and got to see um, a spectacular launch. And at the moment, they seem to be occurring thick and fast, almost to the point where you get blasé about it. Although as children uh, who saw the first rockets go up into space, I will never be blasé. It's a thrilling thing to be seeing and to be so close to it that I can just go to the golf cart and watch it is a wonderful thing. These launches are the Falcon 9, but the Atlas rocket is actually a much more scenic rocket to look at. And the, just the day before, the manned space launch, there was a launch of an Atlas rocket. And the Atlas rocket is a solid uh, booster so that it has a lot more contrail uh, smoke as it comes out and if you'd like to see it was a beautiful launch much nicer than the manned launch and because it was uh, about 5.30 in the evening it's and sunset. it's sunset right and so the launch is actually in almost darkness uh, you know the twilight and then it goes it launches in this huge white plume of smoke and then it goes up 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 and then it all of a sudden pops out into the sun and it's just uh, was a beautiful shot. If you'd like to take a look at that, we have a friend who shoots the launches regularly, and you can view this most spectacular of the launches to me since the space shuttle. And he's also an RV navigator. He's also an RV navigator, maybe even actually listening to this. And so we'll say hello to Doug and we'll uh, let you know that Doug has put his video up on YouTube at Doug Jensen, J E N S E N, at uh, youtube.com and you can uh, look at the video and uh, see for yourself how nice it is to come down to Titusville to watch the launches. His viewing spot was much closer than ours. He was actually able to see the launch from our golf court uh, launching spot. We can only see it after it leaves the pad but it's still pretty interesting to see and well worth the visit to Titusville, Florida. So now that we've been talking for 10 minutes, I guess I should interrupt to say <laughs> that you time. are listening to the RV Navigator podcast for December 2020. A year will be glad that will be over soon. Um, this is episode 188. As always, we encourage you to look at our monthly wallpaper calendar that's the fabulous downloadable picture. from the RV Navigator website. And I remind you that on the website you'll find links for every monthly podcast with more information and more details than we are able to get to while we are talking to you. So visit Lots the website as well. And I haven't said this in a long time. I think it's also helpful if people leave comments on iTunes if they've listened to oh, yeah. the RV Navigator. That helps others to find us. Because we are the preeminent RV podcast for the lifestyle that we certainly enjoy. Okay, so we have lots of topics to talk about today. And as she said, uh, you'll find in the notes all the links in case you miss those as you're listening to the podcast. Uh, as we said, we were on the road this month and we actually didn't find the traffic to be much of a problem. Timing is everything. I have notes from our trip down here last year and the trip from 
north of Atlanta to the meat market campground I referenced earlier took us from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. And this year, the whole trip lasted maybe four hours. Uh, and what a pleasure it was. We weren't with other holiday drivers and as we were last Atlanta year. was like... And yeah, and Speedy. we always wonder when we go through Atlanta. Atlanta has a very um, significant beltway around it, and when we come from the north, we always encounter tons of trucks. Um, if anything, there are more and more trucks on the road these days as, as they are bringing us the supplies to get us through the pandemic. And as we encountered the beltway, they all left and got on it, which was a real treat for us. But as we zipped through downtown Atlanta, we wondered if somebody 65 feet long as we are should have been there, but nobody's seemed to mind, and it sure made the trip a pleasure. So, with that said, we were expecting lots more traffic, and I think a lot of people say that the campgrounds are a lot more crowded, although we haven't found that to be true, but I'm, we haven't camped in the prime season. And I, I, I was reading a report from uh, Campgrounds of America that did a survey of campers uh, this past summer, and a quarter of all people that camped this summer were first-time campers, 25%. A third of the non campers were interested in camping it's a very high number so those people who have not camped one third of them were interested in starting to camp Whoa, this could be uh, a very busy upcoming season not only has camping increased but camping is also ranked as one of the safest types of travel with more than half of leisure travelers considering it a safe form of travel and i think we definitely concur we just talked about our bubble and we feel pretty safe within our bubble that is our motorhome Millennial travelers had the highest interest in camping since the start of the pandemic. 19% went camping for the first time, and over 80% of those were families. So we have uh, lots of new new campers, and many of them are millennials. It is estimated that 18% of the new campers in 2020 will continue camping in the future, <laughs> which is not a very high number, which tells you that there's going to be a lot of used, used units camp- for sale. Right. We certainly saw a lot of young families when we were in southern Illinois, and um, I was glad to see them. We tend to get kind of isolated when we spend our time in geezer resorts as we are here, and it was nice to see families having fun and doing the things that we've always been seeing them do, and we welcome all the millennials to our um, extended family, but we must warn you that when you first come into a park with your rig, we may be sitting there on our lawn chair watching, oh, we wouldn't do watching that. you park and being at least somewhat in entertained by the maneuvers that you go through before you get yourselves placed properly in a site. And another entertainment opportunity can arise when we watch people doing their black tank emptying and and those activities that are unfamiliar. But once you've mastered a few of those tricky details, (laughs) uh, this is certainly a fun lifestyle and and we're happy to have everybody join us as long as we don't run out of space. According to the report, there's lots of interest in RVs and a very high numbers of people who are renting RVs. Our industry provides a really great way to, for people to have a vacation that doesn't involve getting on an airplane or staying in a hotel room. It's all of these things colliding that has the result in the numbers that we're seeing in the shipment side of RVs. So renting an RV sounds like an option. It certainly makes sense if you're going to buy an expensive RV to yeah. try it out. Yeah, but you can only rent motorized ones, I would assume. And a lot of people want to have a trailer. I don't know. 
More than half of the campers say that the ability to work from home during the pandemic is allowing them to camp more often and work simultaneously through the remainder of 2020. And certainly, as you've heard us say, the whole idea of of using Wi-Fi on the road has gotten much more feasible over the years. Um, I still don't think the campgrounds should be your primary source of the Wi-Fi or Internet opportunity. But as long as you carry something with you that allows you to connect, uh, working from home is very feasible many places. And last month we had, uh, well, we should mention that this launch uh, that we most recently watched was putting up uh, 60 more satellites for the Starlink Internet network. And that's going to be a series of satellites that are going to encompass the entire world and they're going to offer high-speed internet uh, throughout throughout everywhere so that any place you have a view of the sky you're going to be able to take a look and uh, have internet and they have actually started the beta as I mentioned last month and we've had some reports from uh, beta users uh, on YouTube if you type in Starlink beta you'll find uh, a number of users and I think one of the exciting things that I learned is is that at the end of January of 2021 they're going to be offering an extended beta that is going to cover most of the United States down through the 30th parallel, which is about uh, the border with Georgia and Florida, Mm -hmm. so that uh, lots more people are going to be uh, able to use this system. And unlike the previous satellites that you had to aim very precisely, you had to get out there and if you turn the satellite dish more than a quarter of an inch, you would lose the connection, as with uh, satellite TV. These are not 22,000 miles out in space, so the aiming is very different because you're going to be picking up different satellites at different times as they pass overhead because they're not uh, geostationary. So this satellite dish, although it looks like a satellite dish, is very different. Apparently, you just put it out on a flat spot, and it automatically uh, tracks and finds the satellites without you having to do anything. So the setup, uh, unlike for other types of satellite TV, is very easy. And although the dish is somewhat heavy, uh, it just stays stationary and you set it out and it automatically finds the satellites and gives you the connection. And the connection speeds were dramatically better than anything satellite has ever offered in the 75 to 100 megabit range. So that's that's excellent with, with decent latency, which is also a critical factor. So stay tuned for becoming a beta tester for the Starlink satellite internet system. And who knows, in the next few years, you might actually be able to get it. Apparently now it's not available for mobile users. If you put the satellite dish in the back of a pickup truck and drive around, it automatically disconnects. And apparently it's geofenced within a certain area around the address that you have uh, put in for service. But we don't see that as a major limitation in the future so that uh, we can expect to have some portable stuff that that might be available to RVers. All right. All of this technology. Let's talk about Christmas coming up. Christmas means presents. Christmas means presents. What would an RVer like to get for Christmas? Um, how about a Govi smart hydrometer and thermometer? You know, one of the things that you'd like to do is to keep connected to your refrigerator. <laughs> Wouldn't you? Well, if I, if I had any worries that it wasn't working, I yes. certainly would like to know that. So what's the temperature inside your refrigerator right now? Below free Oh, in the fridge? Yeah. It keeps freezing the lettuce, so I think we need to dial it up a bit. Well, let's see. We go to our Govi... It says 38. No, but that doesn't count. That's not real. So, I'm looking at my Govi refrigerator 
thermometer. thermometer. Well, actually, it's a thermometer that's that's just connected through Bluetooth. You can use it any place you want to. I decided to put mine into the refrigerator. And now on the app, anytime I want, I can see that my refrigerator is at 39.6. So you can monitor it even if you're and 40 miles away? No. Oh. This only works for Bluetooth. Oh. So I can monitor it while I'm in the in the motorhome, but it also has an alarm. So that in case something happens to the refrigerator and it, the temperature goes up, it automatically gives me a message Neat. if I'm in the if I'm in the motorhome. Neat. And it was only fifteen dollars. So that's a nice gift. From and and a lot of our viewers could use it in a wide <laughs> variety of settings. Did situation. you buy it from Amazon? Oh really? <laughs> That goes without saying, huh? We should just say that if we didn't buy it from Amazon, we'll try to say that. Yes. should also mention that the humidity inside the refrigerator is 27.2%. Is that good? I don't know. And here's my my chart of the temperatures inside the refrigerator. Every time you open the door, of course, it, it spikes up. up so uh-huh. it's quite interesting to, to see this, this uh, little th- thermometer work. And it's so reasonably priced, and the app works good, too. There's a new best, best of gadget that allows you to sweep the top of your slide-outs before, you close, before you close them from the ground. As you know, I get up and when if you don't have slide-toppers, you need to sweep off your slide ceiling or the, the top uh, before you bring them in. Otherwise, you bring in debris, which damages the slide mechanism? mechanism as you bring it in. So you always need to go up on the roof and, and sweep off the... And that's hard to do because you have to get up on the roof. And a lot of coaches don't even have ladders anymore, as you do, so then you, you have to get out a ladder to get up there to get on the roof. So somebody invented a, it's a really cool new tool, which I'll give you a link to, which I don't have, but it looks like a good idea, to sweep off your slides. It's kind of a U-shaped uh, gizmo that you put onto a a long extended handle, and it allows you to sweep off your slides. That sounds like a good idea. It does. Something that you need to do. If it's Christmas time, you need a laser projector. To project all of your Christmas decorations because you're not at home where your Christmas decorations really are, um, but you want to look festive, and it's a nice small thing. Another one, motion-activated lights, which we have all over our RV. We have 10 or 12 of them, and they're USB chargeable. And you just wave your hand, and it turns the light on. We have them in our pantry. We have them in our clothes closet. We have them in the kitchen. They're just very handy to have in the bathroom. Any place you need a little bit of extra light, you put on the uh, motion-activated, well, I say night lights, but they're actually lights for all sorts of purposes. But if you're stumbling around in the bathroom as you go uh, in the night, you might want to have a motion-activated night light. Since a lot of our compartments are deep in our motorhome, another I'm place you in could particular put the where I put the food, Ken has tried to put up a variety of different lights for me that open when the door opens, and these have been by far the most useful because they have a very slim profile. Uh, some of the things that you've tried kind of hang down, and yes. when I pull my food in and out, I bang them and I well, remove the batteries, and these these are very useful for anywhere in the So coach. you like them too? I like them a lot. 
And because they're USB rechargeable, you're not uh, sucking up the batteries, batteries all the time. Yeah. And, and it's just a matter of just plugging it in for a few minutes and, and charging up the, the lights. And put it back in there magnetically mounted, which I also like. And the ones that use the door switch, it's always a sub- subject to getting it adjusted correctly so that it turns on when you open the door and then turns off when you shut the door because that often doesn't happen. And because they have the little magnetic uh, strip that you can attach to almost anything, they're very easy to put on and off and then to plug into the USB. You don't have to dismount them to plug into USB to charge. Emergency LED emergency road flares. I bought a set of road flares uh, you're, you know, if you have an emergency on the road, you want to have uh, some nice blinking lights that uh, attract attention so that nobody hits you. And these are good in the daytime and nighttime, and they come in a little set that uh, will be available when you need them. You know, you never know when you're going to need the set of flares. But the flares, the chemical flares that burn, are kind of a, I don't know, pain in the neck. I've never seen, never been able to make them work right. But you see the people Truckers using them. Yeah, but now these are LED things, and they're very bright, bright, blinky little pucks that uh, actually are very bright and can be seen even in the daytime. So that's another nice little addition for your RV navigator and their RV. Let's talk about a little bit of fun. I bought a Fly Nova disc spinner. That name is a little misleading. I think there is one that's a disc, but what you bought is well, more like a ball. Yes. And what does it have in it? Um, a lot of twirly LED lights. Oh, it blinks like mad. So it's fun to play but, with both day and night. Yes, but it has fans. So this is another USB chargeable device. It's about the size of a baseball, a hard baseball. And it feels a little like you're holding a spaceship in your hand that's about to blast off. And the idea is is that you throw it, but because it has these fans which keep it in the air, it goes in funny directions. So you can kind of play catch with it. You can use it as a boomerang. Your kids will love this. Um, it lasts. The, the battery lasts for about half an hour, and then you have to charge up for half an hour. But it's a very cool device. Uh, it's hard to describe and, frankly, fairly hard to use. But that's what makes it interesting. This is that it's not just playing catch. It's playing catch with a spinning... The ball doesn't spin. The inside The inside spin. And because it has a ball casing, um, if you don't catch it, which you probably won't, especially right away, (laughs) and it rolls into a bush, rolls on the ground, um, it doesn't get damaged. So it's fairly hardy, and it says (laughs) for ages six and up... (laughs) Here we are. Here we are. From 6 to 75. Oh, I'm just under the under the limit here. So you might want to give this a try. Uh, when I think of gifts for RVers, I, I tend to think small because space is precious when you're in an RV and you want something that is useful but doesn't take up a lot of room. So I found a bunch of things that appealed to me on a website called thegrommet.com. I think it came from one of the things I read that's really for overseas travel. So some of these would be useful in that travel mode as well. I think they are a consolidator of people who make cool stuff but don't have enough wherewithal to have their own website. So so they kind of pull things together like Pinterest. It makes me think a little bit about that like that. Or Etsy. Um, Etsy, yeah. So one of the things I liked on there was an expandable and collapsible vase. I have one in my suitcase as well as this one isn't very in the motorhome. 
No, it's not. But whenever you want to have a vase of flowers, either from the grocery store or because you were out on a mountain slope and you got to pick some wildflowers, uh, you can put them in your collapsible vase, enjoy them, and when they wilt, you can put the vase back in the drawer. They also have a tech organizer, which we also own. Uh, When you're traveling and you have all these wires and plugs and various gizmos that don't quite fit in your bag, you can put them on this flat plate that has um, elastic cords across it that hold all the stuff down and together and you can see exactly what, you, what you've what you got. They also had a clip-on glasses holder for sale which, which looks you've very already cool. bought, uh, right? I, have, I ordered it, but I, when I saw you put that on the list, I said, I've got to have that because when you don't have a pocket on your t-shirt, where do you put your glasses? When you don't want them on your face all the time. Right. Yeah. They also had for sale. Um, but it hasn't come yet. Women's socks that have a pocket in them. Socks um, that have a pocket. Women's clothing often suffers from a dearth of pockets, and when you want to carry your keys and a credit card, it's a place to put them without having pockets in your clothing. So I thought that was pretty cool, whether you're at home or on the road. And of course, we wouldn't want to travel without a portable air compressor. The portable air compressor allows you to pump up your bike tires and your car tires and your RV tires, and it's an essential component. But do you need a big one? No. You can buy, I would definitely recommend one that runs on 110 because uh, it's just plain more powerful. And if you have fairly large RV tires, you need quite a lot of pressure and you need uh, something that is uh, has the capacity to fill a, a large tire. And 12-volt ones don't usually uh, actually do that very well. Now, the one I have actually has plug-ins for both, and it has an automatic uh, pressure sensor so that it will fill the tire and you can walk the walk away and it will shut off when it's full. Uh, I use it for the bikes, I use it for the RV, and uh, all sorts of things. And that would be a nice Christmas present for your favorite RVer. And, of course, we wouldn't want to miss headlights. Do you need new headlights for your car no you need a headlight for your head and this is a headlight an led headlight that is uh, will light up anything wherever your head is faced so that's uh, another idea for you we're also going to include a link from the long long honeymooners who have a christmas page with items that range from the little stuff like i was telling you about on the grommet all the way to a new Airstream trailer that they are lusting after. Um, And they have some nice suggestions for other things that RVs um, would like to have and which they would like to have. So we wish you a Merry Christmas. This will be our last podcast before Christmas. We had some kind of bad news this year. Oh, really? (laughs) No, this this is really bad. Okay. Um, The bad news is, is that two favorite magazines, Motorhome Magazine and Trailer Life, will cease publication in December 2020. What more bad news could we get for this year? They're going away altogether, or they're just going to electronic, as most magazines are these days? These two magazines are going away, and they're going to be replaced with a new magazine called RV Magazine. Okay. Sponsored by Good Sam. But with that, I thought, well... Uh, maybe there are other choices that you might want to take a look at. I'm sure you've looked at these two magazines, and you've, if you don't have a subscription, you've you've looked at them anyway. And maybe you'd like to know about other publications that it's will still fill the as void pa- as paper. Yes, uh-huh. some of these I've actually not even never even heard of. Like girlcamper.com, I never heard of that. But why not? Girlcamper.com. 
And why would I want girlcamper.com? Because you're a girl and you want to go camping without guys. You got it. As the name suggests, the new print magazine is geared towards female campers. Content includes everything from favorite gear, road trips, food, RV makeovers, and tent camping. Expert advice from traveling with pets, health, and wellness. And inspirational stories of solo women travelers. Sounds good. Yeah. Girl Camper is probably girl. At girlcamper.com. I think I said that. Another one that you might want to take a look at. Rootless Living. Travel, work, explore. That's how the header on the Rootless Living magazine website describes the magazine's focus. This is a paper magazine? Yeah. If you're living rootlessly, how do you get it? You have to talk to the Rootless Living people. I don't know. Definitely these are available online, too. I would think. She keeps bringing up technical details here. Well, I'm trying to imagine how I would Educational content includes stories, helpful tools, insights from others living the rootless lifestyle. The latest issue is a healthy mix of articles about renovations and upgrades. So that sounds like it could be interesting if you're doing uh, the full-time. And then there's ROVA. ROVA stands for Road, Vacations, and Recreational Vehicles. And according to the magazine's biography, it is about taking all roads, those less traveled or the most well-worn, to your own personal destination. The magazine features stories about North America as seen through the eyes of wandering writers, photographers, and amateur adventurers. That sounds interesting, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Somebody wrote you about trip planning and how to do it uh-huh. um, on our Facebook page. I think you wrote him back, and some of our listeners gave him some suggestions as well. And I would think these kinds of magazines would also be a source of figuring out where to go and how to go and what to do after you get there as well. Snowbirds and RV Travelers, published by Sun Cruisers Media. This British Columbia publisher has the corner on... Canadian RV snowbirds. If you're looking for places to overwinter or sites to see in Florida, Texas, and the U.S. Southwest, Mexico, and along the Gulf Coast, this is your go-to publications. Articles include RV and accessory reviews, maintenance advice, and industry news and tips from fellow snowbirds. Hmm, that sounds good. What's the website for that? SunCruiserMedia.com Another one is... RV Lifestyle Magazine. I have to get busy and start looking at these. In many ways, the RV Lifestyle Magazine is cut from the same cloth as Trailer Life and covers the full gamut of consumer interests, from travelogues to detailed reviews of new models and expert advice on RV care and maintenance. It's at rvlifemag.com. M-A-G? Mm-hmm. And then one that we do get, and that's Escapees, is the member benefit publication for the Escapees RV Club. This 100-page magazine serves as the communications vehicle to keep the club's approximately 36,000 members informed, educated, and aware. Much of the content, which includes technical advice, travel reviews, announcements, and news, is reader-submitted and centered around the interests of full and non-full-time RVers. club bills itself as total support network for all RVers. And one more. 
Family RVing. This is the largest of the publications uh, now that the two are out of business. The, the official monthly publication of the FMCA RV Club, Family RVing, for, formerly Family Motor Coaching, dates back to February 1964, making it the oldest RV magazine still in publication. Wow. FMCA is initially launching as a club for motorhome owners and has evolved to embrace the full gamut of RVs, including towables and camper vans. As the club website states, members gain exclusive access to RV discount club savings, RV lifestyle resources, and monthly RV living magazine. That's at fmca.com. I can remember a time when we wanted to join and they wouldn't have us because we didn't have a motor coach, but they become much more inclusive these days. Yeah. So it's fun to read about this, uh, your favorite hobby as your the COVID is keeping you stationary. And so it's fun to look to uh, read through these and you might want to take a look at them. They're all available on the web as, as well as in the print versions. And I don't know, we might get a couple. We enjoy them. And you want to look for information more places than Facebook. That's for darn sure. Are Canadian RVers really coming back to the United States? We've, we've been wondering <laughs> since we run into so, so many Canadian snowbirds down here in Florida whether their absence would be conspicuous. And we haven't decided yet because most of them would come down after the holidays. But this has been a real problem for them because they are not allowed to cross our border just as we were not able to visit them all summer. We were surprised to read that there is a workaround for both <laughs> East Coast can come. and West Coast RVers. Uh, you simply can't br- drive your RV across the border yourself. You have to pay a company to haul it for you as if, what, it's a commodity? and then take a short flight over the border and then get in your RV and keep going. I can't believe they can fly like that. I'm super shocked at it also, but apparently it works, and it costs a few bucks, but I, I guess... I about if, $900 is what yeah, I read, yeah. so... so th- I, if you want to come down, that's the way to do it, I guess. I, I don't know how you go back, though. Leave your Reverse RV. Reverse the process, probably. Yeah, so we may be seeing some of our Canadian friends after all. Is it worth $900 to come down here to enjoy the warm? Depends how much you hate the winter. (laughs) But I think RV parks in Florida are going to have some vacancies this year because of this. Well, as with Christmas coming up, the Santa Club will send your kids custom videos straight from the North Pole. That's not an RV thing, is it? No, but it sounds kind of fun cool. for your kids. Yeah, I, I have the link. It's from Travel and Leisure Magazine, so that they. We've been watching some of these mall alternatives to kids visiting Santa, and it looks to us like, in many cases, you'll end up with much better pictures as you will on this video because they won't be crying because they're afraid of Santa. Socially distancing with Santa might be a, a much better idea anyway. Thanksgiving is overwhelming us. We've got to get back to the party. <laughs> if only I smell the turkey being cooked in 10 minutes in 10 minutes there are numerous other great links on our webpage for this episode uh, the bucket list of road trips covers 12 of America's best national parks in one 5600 mile route you're going to want to take a look at that 40, 40 things th- to buy at Trader Joe's Whoa. People, people always rave about Trader Joe's and we don't live too far from one at home um, and every time we go there I'm kind of underwhelmed but this list of the 40 things especially holiday oriented 40 things is quite impressive and I wish we were closer to one now i was going to talk a little bit about water heaters what do you know about water heaters that you need them (laughs) 
Uh, there seems no, to be a what lot I of- want to say about water heaters is we have often watched on TV shows where people are RV shopping, maybe for the first time, and looking to purchase one, and they seem to obsess on the capacity of the hot water the water heater to give them a decent shower so it is important i guess yes it's never been an issue for us but apparently it is for other people let's start off with the basics Uh, the basic water heater that most people have in their rv in in a fairly inexpensive rv is a six gallon propane fired water heater it has a flame that has a tube that goes through the middle of a six-gallon water tank, and that tube is uh, heated, and it heats the water. And the flame can blow out pretty easily, depending on where you are. Uh, there are lots of problems with this, but it's been—it's a tried-and-true system that, w- that works. Now, an additional feature that many of them have, but not all, is an electric heating element, so that when you're hooked up to shore power, not hooked up to your, just your batteries or your inverter, when you're hooked up to shore power, it will heat the hot water more slowly, but it will heat the hot water uh, with electricity rather than propane if you'd rather not use the propane. Using them both together is an option and it will heat the water that much faster. Now of course with a six gallon water tank if you sit in there and you run the shower for a while what's going to happen? Cold. Cold. And it will turn cold fairly quickly. Now our last motorhome had a 10 gallon and we were never really able to run it out of hot water. Um, I don't know. It, with two people, it, it seemed to be fine. It felt to me like I took the same kind of showers that I would at home. Yeah. Well, but you don't probably have the water flow. But it is possible to run it out of water. More modern systems are on-demand water heaters. Uh, Truma makes one that uh, fits in the same spot as the six-gallon one. And these are on-demand, which means that it heats the water as you use it. So you shouldn't be able to run out of hot water. And many people have used that and uh, have replaced their water heater with that. I believe it's propane, but I'm not positive. It might be electric, too. And both these styles have to be winterized if you're in a colder climate? Right. Well, they have to be, right, they have to be drained because you wouldn't want that to freeze, that's for sure. Yes. Uh, Although the on-demand probably doesn't. You just drain it out and that would be fine. Now, in the motorhomes like we have, they have either an Oasis or an Aqua Hot system, and this provides both heat and hot water on the diesel. Our system is the Oasis, and the, we have really found this to be a very good system. The Oasis that we have runs off of diesel and electric. Now, they do make a propane version also, but uh, ours runs off of diesel, so we are an all-electric coach, therefore we don't need any propane, we don't have propane, but you need to be able to heat hot water and run your fir- and have it for the heat for the uh, interior of the coach. You need to have that, uh, and ours is fired with a diesel flame rather than propane. This has provided us, it provides us with all the hot water we could we could use. But I do have to say, when hot, I'm going to water. take a shower and I turn up the furnace part of this to make the bathroom area a little warmer, it takes away from the water heating capacity temporarily. Yes, but if you turn on the burner, you will have all the heat, all the hot water that you could need. So there are a number of systems that various RVs use that... Uh, are some of them are more effective than others and you need to look at that when you buy your RV to make sure that it is going to be satisfying your needs. 
Do you need lots and lots of hot water? If so, then you want an on-demand one that works good. And we have, as I say, this is the furnace as well as the hot water, so uh, it's very critical that it uh, provide plenty of heat, and it definitely does down to the lowest temperatures. So should you get a tankless water heater? How rich are you? <laughs> I don't know what the expense is that much different. Okay, so I think we will end it off uh, in this... Well, we have to start eating turkey. And return to our crowd to eat and share a meal with. And we hope that your crowd is safe, and we hope that uh, you will see us again. You'll probably hear from us on Christmas, but of course, our annual uh, New Year's Eve celebration is coming up. That should be the next podcast, which we do live on New Year's Eve. And we will be welcoming in, oh boy, we'll be welcoming. A better year. We're looking forward to the vaccine, and maybe by then we will even be vaccinated. I doubt it. You're probably right. But we can hope, and we hope that you are safe and sound, and you have made it through 2020. Along with everyone that you love. Yes, indeed. So... Talk to you later and see you in 2021. Thanks for listening. Bye now.